Welcome to the Whiskey and Wisdom Podcast, coming to you from the Cargo District Recording Studios in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we discuss the most fascinating topics of life. I'm Tyler Yaw with my co-host, Chris Kelly, and each week we interview a special guest to learn how they acquired their wisdom over a glass of whiskey. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and enjoy Whiskey and Wisdom. All right, you guys. So this week we bring on Catherine Bruner, a veteran of the U.S. Coast Guard, as well as a real estate tycoon. I just like using that word. But in reality, <laughs> she owns a, a company, KBR. So this week, that's what we're checking out. Thank you for the intro, Chris. <laughs> and before we officially get started, what are we sipping on today? This week, Tyler is doing the best, bringing some crazy whiskeys I've never heard of. This is a I don't know why I've never heard of it. It's four roses. Yeah. I guess heard of it. Yeah. I guess when I saw it, I always assumed it was just like cheap. And then I realized I've never drank whiskey before this year. Okay. That's a lie. But (laughs) I never like delved into like good whiskey. I always drank like Jack, Jim, you know, a few good men. So you guys are a mess. I already feel like I should leave. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's why we brought you on. (laughs) No. So he got the four roses, small batch, which is actually kind of cool. They, because Four Roses has about 10 different recipes that they use for their bourbon. The small batch, they actually combine four different ones and mix it up and then seal it, put it back into a barrel, and kind of set us up so everyone is a little bit of a different flavor. What got you to start drinking bourbon? Like uh, real grown-up bourbon. Real grown-up bourbon. COVID hit, and I drank Jameson and lemonade for too long, and I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I got to diversify my palate. Right. (laughs) And Tyler said, you want to try something? I just started drinking bourbon probably in January. And I'm, I'm a wine person. I'm a Bordeaux person. I'm a snobby wine person. But then I found snobby bourbon. Oh yeah. Dang, this is good. I understand why people drink this straight. And (laughs) I've been, I've switched. Yeah. It's bad. It's a very different evening from Bordeaux versus bourbon. Yes. Oh yeah. Very different. (laughs) Let's see what this one tastes like. Cheers. Cheers. I'm not going to lie. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Catherine had a wild and crazy weekend, so she's passing up the, the bourbon on this show. We'll bring her back on and we'll get her drinking, though. But you got to think, like, if I buy a $40 bottle of bourbon, that's just, I'm just being nice. If I buy a $40 bottle of bourbon, how many drinks do I get out of that versus a $40 bottle of wine? Oh, that's a good point. It's a very good point. Yeah. And that's also why my wife hates me because my presents cost a lot more than hers. <laughs> also, I, I need to rewind. I'm not an alcoholic. It was the Azalea Festival weekend. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Cause this will come out later. So it was Azalea Fest. So there was a lot of parties and a lot of things to go to. And of course you can't go without partaking. <laughs> For people that don't know what Azalea Festival is, Wilmington, North Carolina is known for the azalea flowers and so azalea festival week is a big deal in this area that basically they bring out all the southern traditions and we are what 120,000 population and they bring almost 30 or 300,000 people out for all the concerts and parades and all that so that's what we're doing celebrating Mm -hmm. the traffic was definitely pretty pretty intense (laughs) too during all that thousand people here this weekend god that's why I don't go anywhere near downtown during the Azalea Fest. But it is cool. 
But you can, they do like the um, parade of homes. You can see all the houses that decorate their house with azaleas and make it look fancy. Mm-hmm. Well, I do that now. <laughs> but I suggest you do. I just don't like flowers like that. <laughs> I feel like everybody does it though. Yeah. What was your favorite part of Azalea Fest? Last night, the patrons gallant. That is always my favorite. It's, oh, yeah. It's very classy and just well put together. And they give like a bunch of options of the type of environment you want to be in. Mm-hmm. So not this year, but the a couple of years ago, they did like a string quartet outside. And then they did like a dance floor on the inside with like oh, club style cool. music. And then they have like one room that's like just a dessert room. And then you any type of food you want, it just depends on the room that you go to. Like outside was tri-tip and... Wow. Like garlic French fries, and then inside was like shrimp and something else, and yeah, you can get really fat in about an hour. Yes, that's amazing, <laughs> though. <laughs> so, Catherine, introduce yourself for real, because I actually know very little about you. I've just been a, a ghost of social media. See, I was doing so well with just like the regular conversation. Now we're like trying to be very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Not being serious, we're trying to let our listeners know who you are and oh. why you're here. Okay, so my name's Catherine Bruner, and like you said, I own a real estate company called KBR, which stands for Catherine Bruner Realty. And I was in the Coast Guard for eight and a half years. I did search and rescue from small boats out in Oregon, and then I worked at an air station. And then here in North Carolina, I did uh, search and rescue from a command center for the whole state of North Carolina. And then I worked at Special Missions Training Center on Camp Lejeune for a while. And then in about 2017, I got out of the military and had no idea what to do with my life. Never been a civilian before because I had joined straight out of high school, went from cheerleading camp to boot camp. That was a mess. But I got out here in Wilmington, and Wilmington is an incredible town for business. And so I kind of just started getting involved and volunteering and networking events and with the Chamber of Commerce and real estate just looked like the best opportunity to where I didn't have to go to school for a really long time. Yep. <laughs> and then from there, I just kind of started building my business and realized that being in the military, I am the type of person that in service-based, I like to do things for others. And being in real estate, it gives you an opportunity to kind of get up close and personal with our American families and giving them opportunities that they wouldn't have if they didn't have a good real estate agent in place. So. One of the main reasons why I wanted to bring you on is you are incredible at networking. And what got you into wanting to go out and just reach people and and how do you get the confidence to do that? Because you, you yeah, <laughs> you also know Brittany Limeberry, who's been on too, and she's always said that I'm an outgoing person, but I feel like I'm not as outgoing as what other people think. So where do you get the confidence? So for me, I don't really think it's confidence because So like I said, when I first got out in 2017, like Mm -hmm. I didn't know a single civilian. I worked 12 and 24 hour shifts. So I wasn't on base. I was asleep. Yeah. And I lived here since 2010. And so in the military, there's a strategy to everything. You have Mm -hmm. training on the ways that you operate everything in life. So I created a strategy for how I wanted to become a successful civilian. Oh, wow. And my way of doing that was basically breaking down Wilmington and trying to figure out, you know, where does the revenue come from? Mm the rich people in landfall (laughs) where where's the business organization and chamber of commerce and then where do all these people gather together and it's networking events like ports and professionals and things like that so Mm -hmm. i tried to find like the trifecta of what was building wilmington north carolina and so i started volunteering with the landfall foundation and then i started volunteering with the chamber of commerce and i started attending different networking events and then started eventually running my own and the confidence came from realizing i guess why everybody else was in the room Mm -hmm. and it was because they had the same 
desire that I did. Like they're trying to build their business. They're trying to grow themselves. And when you start to surround yourself with people that are ambitious like that, but mm-hmm. also that they have a service that are somehow some helping someone else, even though we were joking earlier about <laughs> your industry that I feel like even people in that industry, you're supplying a service that's helping mm-hmm. somebody better their lives. And so when you kind of weed out all the people that are pitching you in those environments, you actually yeah. start to surround yourself with some pretty incredible people and meet people like oh, Tyler. And that's how we got. Connected. Oh, thanks. <laughs> if I hadn't done stuff like that, I wouldn't ever met you. That's very true. And the way that, if some of the listeners may have listened to Brittany Limeberry's podcast by this point. So Brittany and I had Firefly, which was a, a paper that kind of got out and let people know what was going on around Wilmington. And Catherine was our very first sponsor that we had. And so, and just created a great friendship off of that and helped me sell my old house and buy my new house and everything. So it's, it's been a good ride. I feel like the type of networking you and I did Mm -hmm. is the epitome of how anybody that's becoming an entrepreneur or starting something new can grow. And that's, so you, we never exchanged money. We exchanged services and the same thing like with photography. When I first started, a lot of photographers are always trying to build a portfolio. So they need different faces. So I would volunteer to do things to work with them in exchange for getting content for my Mm -hmm. social media and Anybody that's starting a business, everybody thinks that, oh, I have to go get a loan and I have to go get mm-hmm. so much money. But it's very, I can't think of the word because, yes, I did do it. <laughs> but it's very undervalued how much your time and sweat equity into yeah. things can actually get you really far. Yes. Which it makes me laugh because that's exactly what Thaddeus said on the first one. <laughs> yep. He was like, you know, everyone has something to offer and it doesn't always have to be money. If we're trying to build a sandwich, do I really need money? No. I need bread. I need cheese. I need lettuce and some type of meat. So you find those people, which is what I feel like you've done. Like you've built a group of people that you can reach out to when you're constantly building one of those super sandwiches from like (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Like finding the right people to make the perfect sandwich and just like stacking it up and just – Wait until you got to take a good bite. Well, I feel like Tyler and Brittany, their energy and how much they were passionate about what they were doing. And they were trying to help people. And they were so excited Mm -hmm. to go find the small businesses and like get people together for events that I just wanted to get behind them. Like it was a benefit to me that I got to participate, but just the opportunity to be involved with something that other people were so passionate about. I feel that's just natural. People get excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's why I started the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> really just to talk to people and talk about what they're doing and how we can help them more than anything. And that it just takes out the um, coming up with a monthly paper because yes. that was the hard part of the whole thing. And no one wants to um, advertise in papers anymore. So I feel like that'll come back that. around. It was starting to papers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like people are going to try and uh, you kind of see it now in the way that people post on Instagram of mm-hmm. let's just turn off our phones and go travel the world and like ignore everybody else. Like that eventually we're going to see it come back around. Just like records have came back. Things are going to want, people are going to want that tangible yeah. experience. I mean, I love a good record. I got, I asked for a record player for Christmas a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. Emily What's on your record player right now. So our record collection is very small, but the last thing we listened to, we got the new Adele. That sounds really good. And I then, and then we have, I want to say I got her Van Halen and then we have our wedding, wedding album, which is Tori Kelly. Good All idea. of them sound totally different because mm-hmm. we obviously we have like Bluetooth speakers, but putting it on a, on a record player, Final, just that, yeah, yeah it's that nothing like crackle it. that 
that's why I actually listen to older music on there because I listen to like Ella Fitzgerald and like Coleman oh, yeah. Hawkins and stuff like that. Coleman Hawkins on vinyl. Oh my God. It's amazing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for our sponsor, the Leland Brewing Company, right over the bridge in Leland Township. Definitely check them out. It's a nice local spot with local beers that they're making on site, as well as some that aren't from the area. It is an amazing family-friendly location, and it's really nice. They got some greenery out back, as well as some nice food trucks that pop up every now and then. So give them a check out. Tell them that Whiskey and Wisdom sent you. That's just... Good music. Outcast is on <laughs> line right now. Wait, you have a vinyl? I do. Yeah, I have an Outcast vinyl that I play often. So I like it. That's always fun. I feel like that would be a hot mess. <laughs> like if I'm listening to Outcast, I'm not cleaning the house. I'm making a mess. I've been meaning to actually bring the record player and my vinyls in here to have just for the hell of it and the speakers and whatnot. Just for a vibe. Yeah. Why so, not? So you brought up music just because it's totally different. You said Ella Fitzgerald. What other artists do you listen to on your, your vinyl in your lovely home? So I have, I'm trying to think about, so like Duke Ellington, uh, Miles Davis, Louis Armstrong. I'm an old lady. Love like Louis really. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, every once in a while I cheat too and I like connect my Bluetooth to it and just use it to listen to other music too. See, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting like classic, like good blues, jazzy music. That's the best kind. Mm-hmm. And even the modern music I listen to is just chill. Like everything for me, like it's just got to be like very calming. Hmm. I mean, it depends is that because on. your life's pretty hectic? I, I feel like I you're always traveling. I feel like my headspace is hectic. So <laughs> I like how to keep it chill. <laughs> yeah, but I like to be like alone with myself a lot too. So yeah. like, especially if I have music or something like that, it has to be like something where I can be like good with my own thoughts because mm-hmm. I don't want something that's distracting. Like I don't even own a TV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you get your news if you don't watch the news? I get emails from Mm -hmm. writers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I pretty much don't have a TV anymore having a child because it's just like Paw Patrol and whatnot on there. So (laughs) I don't know what it is like watch TV anymore. I mean, we don't. We watch old TV. So like old Netflix. We watch Survivor. Mm Mm-hmm. My mom watched a survivor. I think I saw like the original, like back when we were young. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone laughs because I'm like, oh, you watch survivor. Yeah. I've, we got bored during COVID and watched pretty much everything, but you should watch like, there's a couple seasons that you just go online and figure out what the best seasons are. And you watch it and you can see the progression of like people's mentality of how you can win a million dollars. And it's just ridiculous. So about, Six or seven years ago, I heard somebody say that your brain can only handle so much information Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that we are like sponges and we are constantly absorbing everything that's around us. And so about six or seven years ago, I stopped owning a television because I felt like it was like a form of distraction. 
And that if I was just like sitting down and sitting in front of the TV and like just absorbing like nothingness that I was like doing myself a disservice. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started like doing like meditation and yoga. And like, so now like if I have like downtime at my house, like I'm reading or I'm like doing something for my business or like doing something for me. And so when I go to people's houses now, or like if I get my nails done or something, I'm like a child. Like I start drooling. Like the TV's on. I'm like, what is this? Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, I'm not responsible enough to have a television. (laughs) That was one of the things I feel like 75 hard gets brought up often when on these podcasts. But anyway, when I was doing that, what is that? 75 hard is a program that was created by Andy Frisella. So first form, if you've ever seen those proteins and stuff and what 75 hard is, it's a program where it's extremely regimented. So you have two workouts you have to do every day. One of them has to be outside. You can't drink alcohol. You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read. Oh, I've seen people post that. I just didn't know what that does. Okay. Exactly. And when you do that, you have to find time to put all that stuff in your day along with your normal day. Yeah. There was zero extra time to watch TV. So during that whole entire time and even beyond, there was like zero TV watching. Cause the same thing that you were saying is you have to find time to have value, like to put value into it. Did you feel like clear? Like you could like see things. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. And I still try to follow it to a certain extent. Obviously the alcohol part (laughs) isn't as much (laughs) because I do this weekly, but, but yeah, the eating cleaner I've definitely stayed with. I don't work out twice a day as much anymore, but I try when I can. And the gallon of water is definitely something that makes a huge difference too. As you look at my giant water. (laughs) I literally carry that around with me 24-7. I try and drink like two or three of these a day. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. easy. He totally, every time, when we used to work together, he was Mm -hmm. still drinking at least one of those. What is that? So she has this like slurpy thing. It looks like what I would give. It's a to baby like, food and it's apples, mm-hmm. kale and avocados and it's literally water and baby food. Yeah, that's that's the level I'm on today. So here's what's hilarious. My 20 month year old son literally ate that one this morning. This is the best one. It's healthy. He loved it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not drinking that, so I'm going to drink this. Next time yeah. though, I will drink. Sounds good. It reminds me of like when Pedialyte, they started posting ads and they're like, oh, hey you know, this is for kids. And then I saw last year that they were just like, nope. I feel like they don't make healthy things for adults though. Like that's, I've only recently started seeing the packets of stuff like this, like for adults. But if I'm on the go and I need spinach or I need some type of like vegetable, Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to get it is if you go to the kids section. Or you use ghost protein, use the greens. I use greens powder in the morning too, but like, I feel like when I'm traveling and stuff like that, like I only take carry-ons with me and yeah. I'm not going to carry. And I have had that <laughs> stuff explode before. And the last thing I need is to be all oh, over no. my clothes. <laughs> oh, I'd be so mad about life. I have the ghost greens in my office at work. Emily and wants to try it. That's good. Max tuning was right. The, the lime, lime flavor is the best. Oh, I just say the plain one. I just suffer. So no. wait, what greens do you use? I think they're just called amazing grains okay. and it's just oh, okay, like yeah. the like plain grains powder stuff there's no flavor to it or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and i so when i make it though i fill like my blender with like this much spinach and then i fill it with water ice and then put that in there and with the banana little blueberries which because oh, that makes it yeah have you guys ever uh heard listen to the book or read the book limitless by jim quick I've listened to the book. That's why I said because I actually listened to it. Yeah, I didn't no. read that one. But he talks about like brain food mm-hmm. and some of it was spinach, yeah. blueberries, bananas. And so that's 
the reason why I try and eat that. Yeah. So maybe I'll get a little smarter. <laughs> so the random bananas, have you tried it with Hallerhead? What are you talking about? Yeah, we're um, brand ambassadors for Hallerhead. Oh. And it is Kentucky straight bourbon that is infused with bananas. Oh, I bet that'd be good. It's so good. That'd be a good yeah. pregame. Like you get <laughs> <Right>. real healthy. <laughs> you're like, all right, let's drink this. There's spinach in it. The only reason I get so healthy is because I do drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I do just to kind of like make myself feel better when I'm drinking at night or whatever. And just like, well, I worked out the whole entire day and ate really healthy. So, well, I trade off. Like we should share some like good content or value or something that I feel like people want to like actually walk away with and listen to. But you were asking me early earlier about networking. Yeah. And I actually learned a lesson the other day that I thought might actually be helpful. One of my friends, he's one of those people that everybody lights up when they see him. Oh yeah. And it's because he never talks about himself. He is always like, if he walks into a networking event and he were to walk in with you, he'd be like, Oh my God, have you met my friend? He's so amazing. He does this, this, and this, and this, and this. You should really talk to him. Mm-hmm. And it, when you see him do that with people, they just start glowing. Like they get so excited. And I feel like everybody needs to just start doing that more often. Like yeah. it's just like almost like the butterfly effect of like you're putting out good karma and good energy into other people. Mm-hmm. That that would be my best like recommendation for anybody that's trying to become more confident when they walk into a room for networking yeah. or trying to grow their business or something is Stop making it about you. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's thinking about you. Everybody's thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. So go help somebody feel better about themselves. And naturally, that's just going to build business for you. Yeah. No, I I love that because there was something I was reading a couple days ago, actually. And basically what it was saying is when you walk into a room, when you join a group or anything like that, everyone's always self-promoting. So the way that you stand out is to not be self-promoting. Yep. And to build value in someone else. And just by you being different, by building up someone else, people are automatically going to ask about you like, hey, who is this guy? Because you're not talking about what you do. So someone else has to tell <laughs> tell that person yep. what you're doing and stuff and not to do that to get that end goal. Like, OK, so now I'm going to go in with Chris everywhere I go and only talk about Chris because I want this to happen because people people realize what bullshit is yes. and they'll they'll call your bullshit out. All right, so Tyler, I do have to ask you a question because I know you say you don't talk a lot, but I feel like you're like me in the way that like you do care about people and you're kind of a mm-hmm. giver to the point where it's probably to your own demise a little. Yeah. Are you really bad at like receiving like people like doing nice stuff for you? Mm-hmm. I Yeah. And honestly, part of I had to completely reevaluate Firefly before Brittany decided to go off and do something different anyway, too, because literally the whole entire thing, we were just barely breaking even because I just wanted to help so much yeah. and give so much. And Brittany's like, we're not making any money. And I was like, yeah, but look at but... Who we're helping. I was like, but look at all these people. <laughs> and she was like, okay, I need to make money. But the reason I brought that up is because another book that I wanted to suggest to you is called, have you read the go-giver? Mm-mm. So there's a book called the go-giver sells more and it's by Bob Burke. And it's really great for any type of sales industry that you're in. Cause it's basically exactly what we're talking about. It's yeah. fine. The way you taste, stay top of mind with anybody is to do something that matters to them. So if I walk into a room and I know there's somebody specific you want to meet, mm-hmm. I will go out of my way to make that connection for you and to make sure that person follows up follows up with you and goes to lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel, feel like people remember you is that you did something kind for them. It was an action beyond yeah. just the conversation because actually there's a Maya Angelou um, quote about that, that people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you make, yeah. them, make them feel. 100%. But the book, The Go-Giver Sells More, the last chapter is on receiving. And when Mm. I read that, 
I realize that I'm horrible at receiving. I can yeah. I can do things for other people all day, but I, I get uncomfortable if somebody tries mm-hmm. to do something for me. But in that book, it was saying that if you don't allow the circle to go all the way through and let other people have that same wonderful experience of doing something kind for you, you're literally cutting it off and it's no Mm. longer able to continue to make other people feel good because you're not allowing people to make you feel good. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you need to read that book. I'll definitely have to read that book. See, he's always about reading. Yeah. I'm still the horrible person who watches TV all the time. You're not horrible at all. No. (laughs) You seem to go through 75 hard because as soon as you do that, you can't go back to watching TV as much as you used to. And you need to have that book in your hand and stuff. And there's something about and the 75 hard too. You have to have that physical book in your hand that he won't let you like read it on Good. a um, phone audio. or anything or what not, or listen to it on audio. And uh, there is something satisfying about turning a physical page. And when you put it down for the night, seeing that bookmark in there that you've made progress, that physical like progress is I don't know. It makes a huge difference and it makes you want to continue reading. When I got, I, I, I usually do like three or four books at a time. So I have like mm-hmm. an audio book and then I have a bedside book. I have a coffee book. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a nerd. But when I got the book, I think like a monk by Jay Shetty, yeah. I actually was listening to it as an audio book, but it was so good that I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. Like I literally yeah. had to buy it just so that I could like see it and read it and have that like tangible experience with the book. So mm-hmm. it makes it makes a big difference. I let, a lot of like emotion from other people determine what I'm going to focus on next. And I could tell you really enjoyed that book. So as soon as I saw it and your excitement for it, I went out and bought it and like finished it in a week. (laughs) So you're absolutely right. I loved it. It was incredible. I was going for a walk the other day and I I re-listened to books like when Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed them. And I was going for a walk the other day and the content that stuck out to me that he had said was um, in, I don't know if you've heard of the book, but in Think Like a Monk, basically Jay Shetty got to go experience becoming a monk. Mm -hmm. And then he found out what his dharma was, which is to go teach people the mindset and understanding of the experience. But there was a thing that he said about how chew your water and drink your food. Mm -hmm. And I had to replay it a couple of times. So I was like, chew your water and drink your food. But the point about it is to be so present in each moment and find gratitude in things that like drink your water slow enough to actually like feel it and like taste it and then chew your food long enough to actually like swallow it and like know what you're experiencing because of all like how hard it was for somebody to actually get this bottle of water to us or like how long it takes for somebody to, you know, harvest all the stuff for us to be able to have the food that we're so Mm -hmm. distracted in the world we're in now that like very simple things we don't find gratitude in. And I just, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would have never gone that deep. (laughs) It's always funny because every, because I read quite a bit, but I don't read like nonfiction books because I absorb information by being in situations. So like I have coworkers like Tyler will be like, Oh, I just read this book. And I'm like, I'm hearing it from, and I'm absorbing that energy. And then I just turn around. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm reading this like completely nonfiction (laughs) because I just need to like leave the world a little bit. Did you see that thing on Instagram of the kid that was trying to study where he was like scooping up with his yes. hands? That's what I feel like you absorb the energy. You just like, like scooped oof. it up and like put just it over pouring it over. <laughs> yeah, because someone sent me like I saw that TikTok and the girl was like sitting there in like a doctorate course and she's just trying to like absorb the information. Yes. They're like, "This is your next doctor," and I'm I'm like, and that is why I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> Besides so, the fact that I'm a dude, but what kind mm-hmm. of books do you do? Do you read though? Depends. I read typically like sci-fi fantasy. I read, I could have called that actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read a book 
series. It was the, the scythe series. And that one hit me like, because it was so realistic because it was set in the future, like a couple hundred years in the future. Everybody's, you can't get sick. You can't die because they figured out how to fix it. Sounds horrible. I would say, uh, (laughs) no, 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 but listen, listen. So the world has an AI environment that literally rolls, rolls everything. So it keeps you from getting sick, keeps you from dying. And if you get too old, you can like go to the hospital. What was this Will Smith movie called? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You would think it, but you hit the end and you're like, Oh, I don't want to die. So you just turn back the clock. You can go back as low as like 25. But because I wouldn't listen, want that either. Listen, because everybody else is like, oh, I, I want to keep living. I feel like you become so lazy. You just be like, oh, I messed up today. I'm going to be 25 again. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would have done that today. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get sick. So you want to feel hungover. Yeah. No, it was more about thinking about what I said when I was hungover. That made me go. Like, mm. <laughs> but the cool thing is that because obviously people don't die. No one like you keep repopulating. So they have a group of people. The planet's not big enough for that. Correct. So they hire these people who are called scythes who go through and they like glean the population. So they make sure that the AI system says this many people have to die a year. And across the world, these people go through and they kill this many people. So that way the population growth the book just keeps. got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy because. When did Bill Gates write this? <laughs> but it's cool because like, the go, only Catherine. people. I was going to be like the purge, what? Yes. The only people who can kill people are the size. And if you kill, if they kill you, you're donezo. So basically it's just going to be a lot of vanilla robots like left. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Great. That sounds great. But it was, <laughs> yeah. it was interesting to see like the, like I loved it. Because it showed you two different, like, points of view where, like, the guy who's training the people is like, hey, I kill people based off what statistics said from, like, 2020. So this many people died from drowning. So I went through the population area that I have, and I found this many people had to die from drowning. And this many people died from this. But then you had the people who were like, you know, I have to kill, you know, 72 people this quarter. I'll just wait till day number six and kill a whole plane worth of people. Or I need to kill, <laughs> like they do a mass extinction event. I would love to know what kind of dreams he has in it. Like after know, he reads right? these books. <laughs> but I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Like to think that some people have a moral obligation, which is what we deal with nowadays. Mm-hmm. And you have the other people who are like, eh, I don't give a fuck. I mean, COVID. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It's like some people believe in like this is my obligation. I need to help other people and do the right thing. And then other people are like, eh. I mean, yeah, but those aren't never mind. But that's why that was the last like series I read. And I was like, you know, this is a decent like concept to think that like obviously that's where we're headed. You know, pull a Will Smith and iRobot, like AI is gonna take over, but you want to know what's hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, it won't be as top of mind. But when you hear like pull up Will Smith, people are going to think of like slapping someone. Oh my gosh. I, know. <laughs> I, I actually read his book and, I, and this is going to be like a book podcast. Oh my God. That's but um, I was really surprised that he did that because after reading his book, like I feel mm-hmm. like even though what? No, finish. Oh, I was going to say, even though like in his book, he does talk about punching and slapping people. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like he's evolved so much and everything that he went through. Like he talks about how he started meditating and how like he conquered his fears. Mm -hmm. And like he literally in the book isolated himself for like like a week or two. Oh wow! And like the process he had to go through of like no phones can be completely alone with himself, like way out of his comfort zone that I felt like he was like in such a 
higher place with himself. So to see that happen, I was really shocked. I think it's just crazy because everyone assumes that like, okay, he did this in the situation and that's just completely ridiculous. Let's com- complete cancel culture. And I'm like, y'all going to cancel a man who's been, no one's going to cancel this month. Right. People mm-hmm. are still trying. He's been for 30 years working and building up and doing all the right things. And he does one thing wrong. You're going to cancel him. But there are politicians who've been fucking up for six decades. And let's vote for him. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, I, I I don't see where your point is. Like, if he slapped somebody, yes, he was in the wrong. First of all, I feel like it was staged. But second yes. of all, if, right. it, yeah, I'm if, with you. if it wasn't staged, though, at the end of the day, like, we're all kind of primal and human. And right. somebody insulted his wife. And you better believe that if he's going to do that for anybody, <laughs> it's going to be her. Yes. Yeah. But I'm like, come on now. You got these people who've been sitting in politics seats for years and you don't say anything. And there's people talking about like all the things that they did that were way worse than getting slapped in public. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about that. I feel like that's a movement though. Like your opinion is literally what everybody's talking about is like people are sick of career politicians and like they want real people up in the white house. They want people that are making a difference that have actually had like real life experiences, not literally sitting there for the last Mm -hmm. however many years. Yeah, That's what we see is down here. Cause then somehow I look up and I'm like, how did she get reelected? Right. (laughs) I'm like, how did this person get elected again? We just pulled up all of her receipts and said how bad she was. Mm -hmm. It's because there's not enough young people who are getting out and getting up and voting and like actually doing research or doing that's exactly exactly actually there's a lot of people that are going out and voting, but they're like, Hey, this person was on TV the most, or this person like catered specifically Mm -hmm. to me. And I of course need to trust them rather than doing research on what they're doing, why (laughs) they're all their money is putting them right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. And every time you scroll on your phone that, Oh my gosh, I must love this person because I'm their top of mind for me. But a lot of veterans, especially after everything that happened overseas, like they've all started stepping up. There's a lot running for Congress. There's a lot running for Senate and specifically in the state of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know one of my guy I've known like from social media because I don't actually know him. Tony Cowden. I was actually just going to mention Tony. I love Tony. He's a like I've been following him for years. Like I used to work out at a gym that he was co-owner for. And I was like, this is a decent guy. Do I believe? understand and believe all of his beliefs no but he is still a person who is going up to make a change and it's a change for the better and helping the actual community whether it be like military and veterans or like a guy who owns a farm in the middle of nowhere but he's actually on on our level and not being the person who's like oh hey well you know just vote for me i'm gonna post a tv ad one of the things and i learned this and (laughs) believe it or not, a poli sci class is the main way that people get other people to go out and vote because hate is such a strong feeling is you don't see if someone's running, they don't say, Hey, look at all the things that I want to do. They just attack the other person. Mm -hmm. So, and which is horrible too, because a lot of people vote nowadays based on one particular social issue that they choose is the most important for them. And of course you should have that. And that should be something that like is important to you, but you shouldn't vote for one person to be in politics to represent you based on one thing. So you're not going to like that. 
everything that every single person says because they're not an identical version of you. Well, I was just going to say the two like strongest emotions that humans have are love and hate. And it's yeah. a lot easier to get somebody to hate someone faster than it is than to get somebody to love someone. Yeah. But the other thing too, that's crazy is that, I mean, I think everybody would assume that if you're a veteran that you're Republican, but there are so many of my mm-hmm. friends that are both Democrat and Republican that are veterans that it's not even about like trying to get a certain agenda across. It's just getting people up there that have like experienced what the base level person experiences yeah. in yeah. America and just trying to bring those real values and those real problems up to like the bills that are being passed through the white house. So we can actually see some progress. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous to think that like, you know, this might be a, a hot topic, but oh, Joe yeah. Biden's been in there for <laughs> decades and he's a multimillionaire and we're like, Oh, Hey, let's put him in office. You're like, or, you know, Trump, I mean, that was a totally crazy subject for him in general, for people like, oh, let's vote for him. And I'm like, mm, was he the best person? Do we really need a two party system? No. I feel like this is recorded and I can get heated, so we're not going to jump on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, let's be real, a two party system is stupid. It is. And mm-hmm. nobody agrees with either side. Like, no. I, I have sat down, so I'm not on either side. Yeah. Um, and I have sat down and I don't even, I'm technically a libertarian, but I don't even believe in all that either. Right. Yeah. And I've like sat down with people that are hardcore Democrats and sat down with people that are hardcore Republicans. But when you Mm -hmm. like break down all their fears and get past like the cycle of things that they think they're supposed to say because they hear their party say it all the time, (laughs) they're all on the same level. Like they all care about the same stuff and you just have to break past those barriers and realize that we're all human like we all want what's best for our country. At the end of the day, we might fight with each other, but we're kind of like siblings that we're all like, if anybody mm-hmm. picks on one of our own, like you better believe we're all going to stand up. Right. Yep. And that's not what the media shows us. It's no. all like, it's not just like politicians that are showing all the hate. I feel like that is like our culture now is like everybody's fighting everybody. Like, even though they showed all the riots during COVID as something that was like so negative and so bad, mm-hmm. I felt like it was people trying to find a reason to come together. Absolutely. Like even if it was coming together over something really, really negative, they couldn't go to church anymore. They couldn't yeah. go to concerts anymore. They couldn't go to football games. And mm-hmm. like community is huge for humanity. Like we need that form of connection. So even if they could just go stand up there with people and be angry, at least they were angry together. And that was their only way they could do it. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about it at that point, but I think that's 100% right on the nose. And uh, to what you were saying too, when you really sit down and talk to people and have real conversations, you all want exactly the same thing for the most part. And because I have some of my closest friends are like diehard Democrats and I'm very similar to you. I'm very much libertarian and uh, to a certain extent too, because the the more you listen to things, like when you start labeling yourself anything, you start realizing like, ah, maybe not. So I'm more independent than anything, but still I'm like, if you really boil it down, do you want to essentially be left alone and provide for your family and have the best upbringing for your kids and want the best for America? And most of the time on both sides, that's what, that's what they want. And there's just different ways of getting there, but there's, there's ways to meet in the middle to do it. I also feel like, and this is going to really be controversial, but kids in college these days had very different experience than even us would yeah. like we were that age and that I cannot believe like I'm going to get in trouble for this, <laughs> that communism is something that like 
anybody would be pro. Like you can't even own your own land. Like you would have no rights to like any part of your life. And so for people Mm -hmm. to be like, well, that's just what needs to happen. The government needs to take care of us. I feel like just like for the next (laughs) four hours, like just go dig a ditch. And once you have blisters on your hands and you got really dirty to the point where like you literally go take a nap under a tree, go like drink some water out of a hose and live the real America, then tell me. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the difference is like when we grew up, like we were outside and we were climbing trees. Like we didn't have phones to distract us and like our parents didn't put us in front of Paw Patrol or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, my mom called it the idiot box and she was like, get outside that I feel like we are missing that aspect of real world connections in between like them going to school and all the mm-hmm. teachers just like pumping information into them and then being on their phones that they don't have the ability now to even have conversations like we are right now where none of us are on our phones. We're all making eye contact and we're like <laughs> right. really talking to each other that that could solve so many problems that people would just stop yelling and start listening. Exactly. That's one thing that I always harp on when I'm like having a conversation with someone I disagree with is just take a moment to listen to the other side, because the way that I came to a lot of my conclusions is by listening to other people, because you can only learn by listening. No one has ever learned anything by talking. Well, and that's my favorite thing is to find people that have a very different opinion than me. So mm-hmm. like we were talking about the news earlier, I listen, I look at both Reuters and CNN. Yeah, And it's just because I want to see the same news being delivered in very two very different ways. Mm-hmm. But I love when somebody is so passionate about something, even if it's on a subject matter that I hate or disagree with, because I want to know why you're so passionate. Maybe yeah. I didn't have like the same experience that you did. And maybe I need to learn about that because mm-hmm. it might change my opinion because your situation was like so difficult or like hard for you to overcome that that's where your passion comes from. And that if I just sit and listen, I might change my mind. Mm-hmm. Or at least get the understanding. Yeah. yeah even before this whole Ukraine thing started because um, they've pretty much shut down Russia today. I used to get a lot of my information from Russia today because they would take people from America that typically didn't really have a party necessarily. And they would just tell the news and then Russia invaded Ukraine. And then a lot of places shut them down and they won't, (laughs) you can't get news from them anymore unless you use a um, VPN, which I had to go out and do way more advanced. I don't even know what that means. You don't have a VPN yet. What does that mean? virtual private network you i feel like should have one of those Mm -hmm. you literally just go online you pay for it paying for a little bit of money but it literally blocks your actual location and puts it wherever you want it to be so you could be like that yes you could say you're in the uk or you can say you're in germany but it also I mean, I wish I we had access to this and got a plug for it but it gives (laughs) you like because the u.s only shows shows certain shows if you your vpn you put your location saying that you're in say the uk you get the show access to like what you're in to tell my mom this because there's so many things when she's done in belize she can access yeah oh yeah it'd be oh, perfect for that yeah yeah because oh. like when we were in um cancun it was like these are the random tv sh- channels that are on but if you have v- the vpn even your netflix login like technically you log in through the app and then it puts you wherever and then you're Netflix logs in and you can say wherever you want to. Like I saw a guy, he legitimately destroyed his brother's Netflix account because he said, he was like, I really want to watch this TV show, but they don't show it in the U S they only show it in France. So he said his location was France. So he watched the whole entire season of the show he wanted. And then he was like, well, that's not me. And he just lied to his brother. And then his brother's account got completely locked out. (laughs) Oh my God. So yes, a VPN, 
I definitely recommend it, especially for people. For a second, I thought it came from your book because I was like, wow, that's way too advanced. (laughs) Everyone laughs at the book and I'm like, you need to read it at least to get to like, to see outside what is currently going on and what is highly probable for the future. Well, there's actually a movie that I don't know what it's called. I wish I did, but I feel like it came out in the eighties. That's basically what's happening now, now almost. Mm-hmm. And it's basically where everybody sits at they, the metaverse. They like sit at home uh, yeah. and like live through that. And like, they just have all their food delivered and everything like that. And everybody's like 300 pounds. And like, mm-hmm. they just like live their life through their television. Wally. Maybe. I don't even know what no. it's called. Even if you Ready said it, I probably wouldn't know what it's called. No. But like it has like like dump trucks like going through the streets, like picking up trash because people are just like throwing yeah. it out and they're like just mm-hmm. killing the environment and everything like that. And the purpose, I guess, at the beginning of the movie was that all of the responsible like families were going to work, waiting till they were like in their 30s or 40s to have kids. And then they were like having one kid and then other families were having lots and lots of kids. And so then by the time that like the world got overpopulated to that point that like nobody wanted to work anymore or do anything. And they all just lived in like the metaverse. Idiocracy. Is that what it's called? No, but it's the same. I remember the name of the movie. No, Idiocracy came out in 06 and they straight up, it legit was a joke about what would happen in the future. Like the guy somehow goes um, forward in time and like, Taco Bell is sponsoring everything and like be down for that. Yeah. But it's just a total ridiculous like things that shouldn't happen have happened in the movie. And you're like So like all the people who live in suboptimal housing have, you know, eighteen kids. And because the government pays for it, they keep getting they keep pushing kids out, you know, to steadily make income. But they don't actually go to work. And then the people like us, like you said, who are in their thirties, working their ass off, don't have any kids because you gotta make money to and so I was like, that is straight up like the first like one of the front sequences of idiocracy is that whole thing of like, hey, and it shows you like old man or like man and woman get married and it shows all the kids and that they're related to. And the people who actually have a job are sitting there like, yeah, we have zero kids and we're like 45. We can't have kids now. Mm. It's, yeah. Do you read any nonfiction books? Not really. Really? Or, no, 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 no. I read non-fiction. Or non-fiction. I mean, fiction. do you read fiction? Yeah, I, That's what I, I knew what you I meant. meant fiction. See? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we were on the same wavelength, <laughs> and then I was like, wait, wait what people. Azalea <laughs> Festival. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be my thing for everything. Azalea Festival. <laughs> Fiction books, no, nonfiction is the only thing I read. So my evening books are usually fiction books, but I read like psychological thrillers and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I don't think I could do sci-fi. You, sh- I'm serious. It's the series is finished already, so at least read the first two books. The third one's, it's interesting, hmm. but they're preteen, like teen novels, so they're really, sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're not, they're not thick, and you can finish it within like. Depending on your read speed, like within also people, if weeks. people don't know, I don't think he's a preteen, so right. <laughs> <laughs> no. He is drinking whiskey. Yeah. Yes. No, I I check read ideas. them because they're they have concepts that people like as adults get did mad about. Did you play about. Pokemon in school? In school, like when you were younger, did you have Pokemon cards? Well, that's weird. No, oh, yes, technically. Yeah. <laughs> that's See? weird. How did you know? Because you read sci-fi. Well, no, <laughs> I had Pokemon cards when they first got released, so I was mm-hmm. in like fifth grade. Yeah, same. How and are then you? <laughs> I don't care. I'm 32. I'm I'm older than you. Okay. Barely. <laughs> yeah, true. 
<laughs> well, it's weird because we were sitting you there You were in talking. fifth grade. I was probably in like fourth, third. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's yes. so old. <laughs> well, no, I had Pokemon cards and then I, they disappeared because I'm like, I don't have the assets to keep buying Pokemon cards. So then I just read books. So. I'm going to go completely off topic. Just <laughs> only for the main reason is I've been meaning to ask you this. I never have in real life. Is, so No. So you have your real estate license in Florida too, right? Mm-hmm. What made you want to do that? So um, uh, I guess I'll just make it public. I'm probably going to be moving to Tampa and like, I just want to be able to have access to multiple markets and I want to build my business up enough here to where it's operating by itself to where Mm -hmm. when I move down to Tampa that I can kind of recreate the same thing and go back and forth between both because all through COVID I was in Bryson city and I sold more in Wilmington (laughs) while in Bryson city, which is seven hours away than I did when I actually lived here just because I was able to optimize my business to where I didn't actually have to physically be here and still be able to advocate for my clients the same. So that's fantastic. Basically I'm going to do that in Florida. I felt like I was seeing you more and more in Florida just for like <laughs> social media. I was like, I have a feeling that that's going to be like the final destination. I really, I love Wilmington and it's amazing. I don't think I will ever fully leave Wilmington, but mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm at a point now where I want a larger market and sure. Tampa's kind of in between. I think they're like 420,000 people, oh, okay. but um, I, I just like the politics in that state and I like the people in that state and I just love Tampa. So that's probably where I'm going to go. I thought you were going to be like, well, I've invested in cryptocurrency (laughs) and I can actually sell homes there. So why not? Now, the only thing I've gotten virtual is being able to like get other people to work with me and help me. Not so much of anything to do with crypto or whatever the word was. I need to remember later about the phone location. (laughs) (laughs) I'm old school. Like I seriously, that's the other reason you were asking is like the confidence of being able to go out and Mm -hmm. uh, network. That's the only way I know how to build relationships. I am not going to cold call. I am not going to door knock. Mm -hmm. I've never paid for any type of marketing or anything. It's to me all relationship based. And that's just how I am. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's exactly how I am too. The the cold calling and knocking and stuff like that isn't for me. I'd rather go out and make two good genuine connections as opposed to call 5,000 people in a day. Well, and I'm even now like a lot of the people that got referred to me that I end up referring them sometimes to other people because I feel like if I'm too old to be drained, Mm -hmm, like if mm -hmm. I'm like, if we are not compatible and you're not filling my bucket and I'm not filling yours, it's a waste of both of our time and you are better suited for a different agent. And I feel like that would give them a better service too, because if every time I'm talking to them, I feel drained I'm mm-hmm. not giving them the fullest version of myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even able to give them the best version of the product as a real estate agent. Yeah. And so I refer people out all the time, but by doing that, I feel like I have more energy and it creates more space for people that are compatible with me. I'm glad you say that too, because I've had people ask me as well, because a lot of my friends are in the real estate industry yeah. and they're like, Oh, like I can't believe you don't have just one person that you refer everyone to. And I was like, well, first of all, a lot of my friends are my friends because they have specific clients that they want to work with. Yeah. And on top of that too, I want, if I'm going to refer someone, I want them to get the best experience and have the realtor have the best experience with them too. He says, I don't want to give two people that aren't compatible to each other. That'd be stupid. Yeah. So like if someone comes to me and they said like, Hey, I'm, I'm a veteran and I want to use my VA loan. I know I'm going to go to you because you probably are one of the most knowledgeable in that realm that I know in the real estate industry. I've even had close friends where I'm like, I love you, but mm. I know like this person right here is the best for you. You guys will work so well together. Yeah. And I feel like 
more people need to do that in their business. Mm -hmm. Be comfortable with saying no, because when you start spreading yourself too thin, like you're, you're losing money because of the time that you're having to give up to do that. Yeah. It always makes me laugh because I, as a kid grew up on VHSs and Christmas time came and we put on miracle on 34th street. (laughs) And that's been my mentality for years in the, cause I work in retail is if I can't find it and you can find it better or like a better service, I'm going to send you somewhere else, which is Chris Kringle's motto. And that was the <laughs> funniest thing in that movie is like, everyone got mad at him because like, you know, he was sending people away and then they made it their actual store. Logan slogan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Store cool. slogan. I feel like even with like what you do, it, when you get to a certain level of sales, you have to realize you have to stop selling. Yeah. Like even like Lamborghini, how they say that they don't have commercials. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for me, it just kind of happened like naturally that I started when people call me and they're like, Hey, I'm interviewing multiple agents. Why should I work with you? <laughs> yeah. My first answer is always don't. I sh- yeah. you shouldn't nope. work with me. I I'm, I'm going to be the last person you want to work with because I'm going to shoot you straight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very direct with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to like hold your hand in a way that's not going to do you like the best possible service to get you exactly what you need. And if that's not what you want to hear, we won't work. And yeah. usually I end up getting people because they want honesty, yeah. but I feel like even for you, like your product sells itself. Like, you can't just be like, Hey, buy this. Oh my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. Because people that actually come there to purchase what like they want from you, mm-hmm. like you can't sell them either. Mm-hmm. They can afford it and it's going to work or not. Yeah. yeah. You're selling yourself at that, at that point because they want someone they can trust like any, confidence, anything. Yeah. yeah. In any sales situation. Well, confidence is probably the better word. Not confidence, <laughs> <Right>. confidence. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like, Oh my God, that's so rare now Yeah, definitely. in any industry. Kind of what you're saying too, is kind of how we run our business at the office too is, if someone comes up to me in similar situation with realtors and in the finance, they're like, why should I invest with you? And my first answer back is, I don't know if you should. That's And great. that really kind of catches them off guard because they're used to everyone kind of what you're saying. Let me take you out to lunch. Let me show you everything that I can oh do. Let me give you this like 35 like slide, like presentation and whatnot. And my first thing is, I don't know if we, if you should work with me yet. We need to sit down and have that conversation first. Well, and I feel like another thing that overlaps in both of our industries is that a lot of people would be like, well, they answered their phone right away. And so they're the best. <laughs> no, they're very available. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they're sitting there and they're answering their phone and they're getting right back to you immediately, you're their only client. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good and a bad thing. No. In both real estate. Well, I'm talking about like in real estate, if you're the client that they're focusing on because you have a. You don't think so? Not at all. Because in this market, if you were their only client, there is a reason and you should run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was thinking positive, like, you know, in a relationship, if you respond in five seconds, that means I'm your priority. The only thing. Yeah. If you're getting that cold call and you're their priority right then with that cold call, then someone you've been working with for a few months isn't getting that service anyway. And the same thing too, in both our industries is that you have to understand like the laws, the regulations, Mm -hmm. like there's so much information that comes with those transactions that if your agent is not knowledgeable, regardless of how busy they are, like most Americans, the biggest transaction they'll ever do in their lives is buying and selling a home. Mm -hmm. They will never see that level of money in any other form. And when they hire a friend or family member to do that for them, they have no idea how much money they're losing out on just because of like their inability to negotiate appropriately, mm-hmm. their emotional involvement because they are friends with you and they won't stand up to you and show you how to actually run the transaction like a business versus mm-hmm. like, 
oh, I don't want to create conflict because I want to keep the relationship. Like you need to take all emotions out of it. And that's what the whole point of a realtor or having somebody manage your finances is being able to look at it from a logical standpoint and understand how the market works. Yeah. I like that because Tyler asked a serious question at the end. I always ask a silly question. Okay. So you mentioned at the very beginning, the top of the episode that you switched from Bordeaux to bourbon. Mm -hmm. What has been your favorite bourbon so far? Yeah, Tyler, what's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) Ones that you can't find in an ABC store right now, evidently. I've been looking for, when did we talk last, like three weeks ago when we were talking about it? I feel like it's more than that. I think you might be right, but I've gone at least once a week to ABC stores just because. Oh, you didn't have to do that. (laughs) No, because it's it's good bourbon. So I've been going and looking and haven't been able to find it. But it's Kentucky Owl Commissary. Yeah. It's good. Wait, what? Kentucky Owl Confiscated. Oh, the Kentucky Owl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that the green label? No, Mm -hmm. they did a special St. Paddy's Day one. That's the one Uh, I sent you. Okay, okay. But yeah, the only place I've been able to find it to even try it is Rebellion downtown. Mm. They have an Earth Chris too. Oh, do they? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, I'm not paying Ruth Chris prices. <laughs> I need no matter to, where you go, yeah. it's pricey. But. <laughs> I, need, I just need to find a Kentucky plug. Like, I have a friend in Indiana, and I'm like, I need to find a plug who can get good bourbon because it sells out so quickly. I talked to the guy at the store up the street. And he was like, you know, we sold four cases of Eagle Rare within a day. Wow. And mm-hmm. I'm like... My friend was telling me a story the other day that he was in Boston and he found a bunch of bourbon that he likes that was for cheap. He walked out with four like cases. Oh, wow. He's walking down the street in Boston with cases of bourbon. I was like, you got a problem, buddy. But yeah. no, I so get it. Think so. about it. Because you, <laughs> you can't find it. No, yeah. you come here and you flip it. It's like with watches. People are like, oh, mm-hmm. I found this watch. I'm like, well, at least with bourbon, mm, there's no guarantee I will ever find that. Also, speaking of which, I actually need to introduce you to that friend because he's got a bourbon room. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. You guys would like have to like take some pictures there before you guys record content with him. He, uh, we have a mobile setup. We can just, <laughs> yes, we, we'll, we'll do one with him and let's do it in his bourbon room. When we get off here, I'll tell you yeah. guys about him. Nice. Well, we are starting to run up on our time today. So I will ask you um, my last question. If you could tell your younger version of yourself one thing, what would it be? Stop caring. Like it, what, what gave you that wisdom? What did you encounter for that? I think because like what we were talking about, the whole receiving thing earlier is that I care too much, like about Mm -hmm. everybody. I pour into people in a way that like is probably unhealthy to the point where like I am the, I will give the show off of that kind of person. And it's nothing negative of like somebody did anything to get me to that point. It's just making me realize that like the older I get the same thing with my business, there's only so much of me to go Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. and that if I'm constantly trying to do too much to the point of burning myself out, that if I can't take care of me, I can't take care of anybody. And so it's just, you know, kind of stop caring so much, stop putting so much pressure on myself Mm -hmm. and to kind of just like find a lot of gratitude and like the simple things. Yeah. It's one of those things you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah, I was just surprised. I was like, you know, that was a good one. I just never thought about that. Do you want to do our outro since you did our intro? Well, if I knew what our outro was. Wait, I want to hear you do it five times. No. No. <laughs> so. Wait, what is it? I'll read it. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, everybody, you. for listening to the Whiskey and Wisdom podcast. Um, we had Catherine Bruner on today. Follow her on social media. Catherine.Bruner.Reality. On Instagram? Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Does anybody uh, use anything else? 
I was going to say, that's pretty much the only way that we communicate these days. Right. We do have a guy who only has Facebook, so that was interesting. How old is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just turned 30. Really? Good for mm -hmm. him. That's yes. actually impressive. You should listen to our former podcast and you'll hear about him. I've listened to some. It's not that one. <laughs> but yeah, check us out. Thank you for listening. Download all of our podcasts. We have a link tree on our Instagram account. You can find us on all social media podcast applications. Instagram will give you the link, but you have Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have a buy me a coffee because one of us drinks a lot of coffee and I drink a lot of whiskey. Uh, <laughs> so if you wanted to donate to that and help us figure out the next bottle that we're going to put on here. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you tell a friend. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>